If you would, take your Bible and open to Ephesians chapter 4. Now generally, generally at Emmaus, and we will get back to this very soon, we work our way through books of the Bible, uh, just studying through books, and we're going to get back to that in a couple of weeks, going through Ezra and Nehemiah. But we're doing this series of sermons on having a fresh start. Fresh start with God, a fresh start that we need every day in our Christian life. Today we're going to be talking about having a fresh start and our relationships with other people. And so we're continuing to work on this. Next week, we have a chance to lay out some plans, some things that God has been doing in our church family that we want to give you some, some plans for kind of where we're possibly going next with property and buildings and programs and things like that. So next week is going to be a lot of fun to pursue some of those things and talk about those on Sunday morning next week. So I hope you can be here, be part of that. Uh, like Jaron said earlier, if you're a guest of ours, we'd love to be able to minister to you, pray with you, whatever that looks like after the service. This morning, as we get into Scripture, I have a gift for you. Um, it's not necessarily, the gift is not necessarily a shorter sermon, though I do think this has the potential to be a shorter sermon, okay? So that's part of the gift to you, is it, it, may, it may turn out to be that way, a little bit shorter. Here's my gift to you, okay? So we're talking about a fresh start in our relationship with others. You have, from the pastor, permission to ask anyone their name. This is a fresh start for the entire church family about names. Um, I get this gift as well. So, okay, right, we've been here about five and a half years at Emmaus. Some of you have been here five and a half minutes. Some of you have been here a really, really long time. Fresh start in our relationship with others. Everybody gets a fresh start with names, okay? Because we know there are those people that we see every week and we long ago past what seems like an appropriate amount of time to still ask them their name and not feel awkward about it, that's off the table, all right? Off the table, everybody gets a fresh start with names. Please don't be offended when I ask you, hey, can you tell me again what your name is? I know we've been together for a long time. We try really hard at this. So I just thought, what can I give you? Fresh start in our relationship with others. Everybody gets a fresh start with names. You're welcome. Glad I could do that for you. All right. Ephesians chapter 5. Here we go. We're going to look at verses 25 to 32. I hope I said that correctly. I meant to say Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. I knew I didn't. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 
Could we pray together as we begin? Father, we never want to take lightly what it means for us to read the word of God, to know that these words from you are to shape our lives, God, they're to get our attention. Whether someone here is in elementary or high school, whether someone here is navigating a new season in life with new relationships, whatever we are dealing with, God, we need the reminder from these verses this morning. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, that our hearts would be open to you and that our hearts would be open to love and care for the people you placed around us, even as Jaron led us to think about as we were singing earlier. Father, thank you for the gift of gathering here and remind us, remind us that your word is a sure foundation for our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So after years away, after years away, the younger brother had come back into the family. He went out, spent his inheritance, lived up life, reached the end of his rope. He came back to the house, never imagining that he would be received back as a son. But here comes the younger brother back, and the father runs out and embraces him and hugs him and receives him back with this incredible party. And he is back. He's back in his home. He's back in his hometown. One day, the younger brother is out walking down the street, and he sees a friend from high school. And the friend says, hey man, it's so good to see you back. Like, how incredible is your dad to receive you back into the home, and I'm so glad to see you're back. And the younger brother looks at his friend from high school and says, dude, cut it out. You owe me $10. Remember? Like, remember in high school when we were, when we were competing about who could gather the most sheep the quick, quickest, and, and I won, and you lost, and you owe me $10. I mean, I don't have I don't have $10 right now. Like I'm really glad that you're that you're back and your dad received you. And like, no, cut it out, man. Cut out the flattery. You owe me $10. And the other guy's like, I don't have $10. Like, can't can't you can you give me some more time or, or forgive my debt? No. No, I can't. Now, does that story make any sense? Besides understanding what, what I'm saying, following the story, would it make any sense for someone to turn their back on their family, to live in complete rebellion to the Lord, to do whatever they wanted, and then to be received back and forgiven by God, forgiven by the Father, received back into the house, and then not give that forgiveness to other people. Would that make any sense? No, it wouldn't, would it? We find out that when we receive a fresh start in our relationship with God, it should lead us to want to give other people that same fresh start. One of the core realities of Scripture is that our vertical relationship with God, our relationship with God and being reconciled to Him directly impacts our horizontal relationships. And this morning, I want you to consider the question, What relationships in your life need a fresh start? Are there relationships in your life that are broken for whatever reason? Maybe they're a friendship that's gone bad. Maybe it's a relationship with your parents or parents, a relationship with your kids that has fallen apart or is in the process of falling apart. Maybe it's a relationship with a coworker, someone around you. And we know relationships change over time, but but there are relationships in our life that need a fresh start. And as the people of God, 
we should lead the way in wanting to heal those relationships, wanting to see those relationships reconciled. Why? Because we know what God has done for us, that we have turned our back on him, that we are separated from him because of our sin, and yet we have been reconciled to him because of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus did on the cross. We are able to have peace with God, and we should lead the way in wanting to have peace with others that as the people of God, we would strive to do this. Now, before we get very far down this road, and we're gonna talk about what does it mean to have a fresh start in our relationships, let's get some of those what about statements out of the way because there are some really, really important things we need to consider here. What about instances of abuse or neglect? Uh, what about instances where you need to draw some boundaries in, in relationships with people? Or what about people who frankly just don't want to live at peace with people. There are relationships in your life that are broken, and no matter how hard you pursued reconciliation with that person, they just don't want it. This is where those beautiful scriptures come in to play, something like Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. <laughs> I love that verse. Because it says, as the people of God, we should pursue healing in relationships. We should want to live at peace with people, and yet we know there are relationships where people just refuse to live at peace with us. They, they just don't want that. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with those around you. What do you do when there is those relationships that need boundaries? Like it's been an unhealthy destructive relationship for a long time and there are patterns and that relationship needs some boundaries in those situations remember not every fresh start at a relationship means the relationship goes back to square one sometimes the fresh start in the relationship is what God wants to do in your heart <laughs> that that person has been living rent-free in your head and you have bitterness toward that person that's been building up in your heart and the fresh start in that relationship with the person is Clear, honest, loving boundaries that, that are appropriate, that are sit, set in the right way, but you're watching your heart. Because guess what? God brings difficult people into our lives to shape our hearts in ways that wouldn't happen otherwise. God will put difficult relationships into our life. He will call us toward fresh starts with people that we don't really want a fresh start with, and he does that because in the process of that, he's teaching us more about his character. He's teaching us more about the gospel. He's wanting to do a work in our heart through another person that wouldn't happen otherwise. Now you might be thinking, man, God needs to do a lot of work in my heart because he's given me a lot of hard relationships. And that might be true. God might have given you a lot of hard relationships because he wants to do a work in your heart that wouldn't happen otherwise. But in those moments, we're looking in our heart and saying, God, is my heart soft toward this other person? Is my heart moving toward peace with this other person? Do I desire reconciliation as much as possible with this other person? When you get into situations involving abuse, we have to be really honest and careful there, there how we approach those situations. Uh, a fresh start in that relationship will likely look very, very different. And this is where having a community of people around you becomes so important. That we're people who do justice, 
love mercy, and walk humbly with our God, that you're surrounding yourself with people who help you navigate those relationships and know how do we move forward as the people of God. And we have examples in Scripture. Think about Paul and Barnabas in, in the book of Acts. Barnabas, this great encourager, and Paul, one of the great figures of Christianity of all time, they reached a point where their relationship split. They were doing ministry in different places with different people, and they reached this breaking point. And we know even in that situation, they never ministered together in the same way, and yet we see indications in Scripture that there was reconciliation that happens because you find Paul ministering and reaching out to Mark later in the book of Colossians. What we need to see this morning is the people of God who understand what it is for our relationship with God to be healed, we should be on the forefront of seeking fresh starts in our relationships with other people. Relationships are hard. Emotional health is hard. Navigating difficult people is hard. There are certain people in your life that just require extra grace and patience. And yet, as the people of God, we don't get a step away from those things. We have to say, God, what do you want to do in my heart? So here's what we want to do from Ephesians chapter 4. I want to give you four actions that shape the people of God to have a fresh start. When you think about in your mind, you know that person that you need a fresh start with. You know that situation that needs a fresh start. What actions move us toward that fresh start? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. When you are seeking a fresh start in a broken relationship, when you're trying to move forward in a relationship that needs to move forward, it has to begin with truth, that we tell the truth in order to build trust. We know the impact that lies and deceits can have among a group of people and the way that deceit can cause toxin to build up in, in a relationship. And for us to be able to move forward as the people of God, we have to be committed to the truth. And we're able to do this in our relationships because we know how God has dealt with us, that he has spoken truthfully for us to us, and we are able to turn around and speak truthfully to those around us and not just speak truthfully, but for relationships to be healthy and move forward, we have to know that when we interact with someone, that they are portraying the truth to us. That when you interact with someone, you don't get the feeling that they're trying to put on a front or they're trying to prove themselves to me. The beautiful thing in the Christian life, and I hope this is a gift to you this morning, not just the gift of, of getting to have a free pass at somebody's name, but I hope this reality is a gift to you this morning. In the Christian life, we should not have to live with the pressure of trying to impress the people around us because we know that our only hope of standing before the Lord is what he has done for us through Jesus. And we know that none of us is perfect. And so we don't have to put on a front that makes it look like we have it all together. We are able to truthfully, honestly interact with one another because we realize that every one of us is broken. Every one of us is facing difficulty. Every one of us needs the forgiveness of the Lord. And so we want to speak the truth to our neighbors. We want to interact in an honest, authentic way. This comes through confession. Confession of sin is a beautiful picture of what it means to speak the truth, to say, I'm sorry. 
I confess that I acted in this way and it was not honoring to you or to the Lord. And in that moment of confession, that moment of truth, there's amazing healing that can happen in relationships. And it says specifically, look here at the end of this verse. It says at the end of this verse that we are members one of another. The reason we speak the truth with one another, the reason we want these fresh relationships is because when we look at people around us, we look at someone who is a member of the same body of Christ as we are. One of the ways that you have a fresh start in relationships with people around you is when you change the way you see that person. When that person is no longer an enemy, when that person is no longer an impediment to the ease of your life, when you look at that person and say, that person is a member of the body of Christ with me, and I want to speak truthfully, and I want to live honestly before that person because I know that they are a member, that they are connected to my life, that we are in this together, and we don't want any type of lies or conceit to create toxicity in the relationship. So the first step to having a fresh start in relationships is be willing to confront the truth. Speak the truth, live honestly, confess our sins, connect with people because we don't have to impress them. We just want to love them. Step number two, verses 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Step number one was to tell the truth. Step number two is that we have to put away anger. That in order to have a fresh start in relationships, there may be people in your life that if you could be honest, you are just so angry with them. And often, often we are angry with people not necessarily because they hurt us, but because they hurt someone we love. We seem to struggle with anger the most toward people who have hurt someone that we love. And scripture is so clear here. In order for us to pursue fresh starts in our relationships, we cannot allow anger to gain a foothold in our heart. Why? Because it's an opportunity for the devil. You guys know as well as I do, when anger gets in your heart and it's not dealt with, things can get dark in a hurry. That anger gets in there and it begins to cause this bitterness It warps the way you see people. It warps the way you see every situation around you. Anger has to be addressed. This is why we have this language about do not let the sun go down on your anger. We don't allow anger to lead to sinful behavior, and we don't allow anger to stick around because if anger sticks around, man, it can start to cause trouble. As the people of God, we have to be willing to address our anger. And this is really hard to do alone. When you're talking about anger setting up in your heart, it's very hard to confront anger on your own because your, um, your perspective of that situation is probably so warped, it's going to be hard for you to see it clearly. You need people who are going to come alongside you and help you walk through those emotions, deal with those emotions, and figure out what does a fresh start in my relationship with this person look like. Number three, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. As the people of God, our relationships should be characterized by giving, not taking. (laughs) That we are known not as those who take from others, but we do the hard work in order to contribute to someone. And when you have a relationship that is broken, that's hurting, that needs a fresh start, 
as a follower of Jesus, one question to ask is how can I serve this person? Or how can I give them something that is going to be beneficial to this relationship? How can I not take but give in this situation? Sometimes we think about relationships in one of two ways. You have a friendship or you're connected to somebody at work or somebody at school. There are some people in life that tend to just suck the life out of you. They just pull all the energy, they take all the energy you have and and they're taking from you at all times. And you have other people in your life who just pour energy into you. They pour encouragement and love and hope and they are giving. As the people of God, let's let our relationships be the relationships that give life. That we are seeking to do the hard work, to labor, to work in order to serve those around us. In church life, what does this look like in church life? It means that my involvement in church, being a part of the body of Christ, I don't want to show up just to take. I want to show up to give. That the body of Christ thrives, the church thrives when people show up and they want to work. Like, I want to be a part of this. I want to contribute. I want to give. I don't just want to take. Um, my friend, a friend of mine in college was, was part of a church in the Dallas area, and the pastor of this church wanted to make a point about giving and not just taking at church. So he took some video cameras along with him, and he went into a local restaurant there in the Dallas area, and they ordered a big meal, sat down there, taped some of the meal. I'm sure the people in the restaurant wanted to know what was going on, but they, they taped some of the meal. They got their check at the end of the meal, and they just got up and walked out. And then he showed that video on Sunday morning. He was like, would you go to a restaurant and just show up and take and take and take and not give? No, you want it. Just in the same way in the body of Christ, we want to be people who aren't just taking and taking and taking, but are giving. God, how can I work? How can I be a part of this? How can I serve those around me? When someone's made you mad, <laughs> when, when a relationship is hurting and you know it needs a fresh start, the last thing you want to do is serve that person and help that person. And yet in the body of Christ, that's the first thing we're called to do. Romans 12 says we're not called to get revenge. We are called to bless, to do good to those who hate us, to pray for those who persecute us. As the people of God, we live differently because of what God has done in our lives. We tell the truth, we address anger, we give, we don't take. And then number four, look at the fourth one here. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now this point is really closely connected to the previous one, but this is the idea that in order to seek a fresh start in a relationship, we have to be willing to speak well of one another. That as the people of God, we don't use our words to cut down people, we use our words to build up people and to speak as fits the occasion. <laughs> Part of growing up in life, and, and I haven't reached this point, but I'm sure it's great when you reach it, um, with, with emotional maturity, is to realize that just because something comes to your mind, it doesn't mean you need to say it in that situation. Sometimes something is true, it just doesn't fit the occasion. It doesn't need to be said at that moment. We can build people up both by what we say and what we choose not to say in certain situations, that as the people of God, we want to speak the truth in love, 
And we want to use our words to encourage and to equip and to challenge and to move people forward in a way that gives grace, that we use our words in order to encourage one another. One of the best examples of this that I know is a ministry that our church is connected to called Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive has been here a few times at Emmaus. It's an addiction recovery program that has these different uh, homes that, that are around the area that people can come, men and women to di different homes can come and, and be able to get back on their feet after a time of addiction. On Sunday nights, when the guys in these Hope, of, Hope is Alive homes get together, they have a time in their Sunday night gathering that is called Brag on Bros. And if you ever get a chance to go to one of these Hope is Alive events on Sunday night, you, you need to go. It's one of the most incredible experiences I've, I've been a part of. But these guys who have spent most of their life either being berated or speaking badly about others, they spend 20 or 30 minutes just bragging on one another just celebrating the good work that God has done in the lives of these people around them. If you need something to do in your Sunday school classes, have a brag on bros or go crazy about the gals. I couldn't come up with something. I was trying to think of something that would fit for the ladies. Brag on bros, go crazy about the gals, whatever it looks like, that we are using our time, using our words to build up one another. In Romans chapter 12, it says that we should outdo one another in showing honor. One of the only places in scripture where it talks about competing with one another, we're told to compete with one another about being able to show more honor, to brag on one another even more. So if you have some competitive bones in your body, and those competitive bones in your body tend to get you in more trouble than they do good, the Bible says to compete with one another about being able to show honor, using your words. Like, have a competition in your Sunday school class. Who can show more honor to the people around? Now, this, no, don't flatter, because that's lying, and that takes us back to point number one, but really just to speak well of people, to build up people. Why is this so important? Verse 30. Look at verse 30. If we don't do these things, lying, anger, stealing, speaking badly, when those things happen, what happens? It grieves the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We want so much for the Spirit of God to be at work in our church family. When lying, anger, stealing, speaking badly about people, that will grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit that is supposed to empower our worship and our prayers and our ministry and our outreach, the Spirit of God works among a people who are committed to truth, who are committed to peace, who are committed to giving to one another, who are committed to speaking well of one another, that's when the Spirit of God thrives. Verses 31 and 32 kind of give summary statements. Let me look at you, or have you look at those verses. They're summary statements of what we said already. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. All along with all malice. Which of those do you struggle with? <laughs> do you have bitterness toward people? Do you find yourself angry? Do you find yourself clamoring to always get in front of people, always prove yourself in a conversation, always rise above other people? Slander, speaking badly about people around you, cutting people down? Are there elements there that you know, God, I need you to address that in my life. I, I, I don't want that to be true in my life. I don't want that to be true of our church. 
What's the opposite of that? Look at verse 32. Man, this is a great verse. Verse 32. Just be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Those first two phrases are important because being kind to one another could come across as very surface level. Like that person's kind, but under the surface, man, they're just boiling over. No, no, it's be kind from a tender heart, a heart that is soft because God has softened your heart, a heart that is soft toward others and allows us to be kind and we can forgive people. Why can we forgive people? Because we have been forgiven. We know that we understand more of the forgiveness of God when we are able to turn around and give that forgiveness to others. Are there relationships in your life where you need to seek forgiveness? And are there relationships in your life where you need to give out that forgiveness? What relationships in your life need a fresh start that God is calling you to live in a different way with that person moving forward? It begins with understanding our relationship with him. Do you know what it means to be reconciled to God, to have peace with God through Jesus Christ? Do you know what that feels like? Do you know what it is to be forgiven, to be received back from the Lord, to have that fresh start? And if you do, friends, love God and love others. Allow the love of God in your heart to spill over to those around us. I told you that uh, next week, we're gonna start talking about some projects and plans that we have for, for our church family. Things that are really exciting. I'm excited to share these with you. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be able to use these in ministry going forward. But here's what we also know. A church can do all kinds of projects, have all kinds of plans and strategy, and if we miss the piece about loving one another, if we miss the piece about healthy relationships, none of that other stuff matters. That we move forward seeking God's direction and guidance and wisdom, loving him and loving one another. We try to do this in different ways here at Emmaus. Um, a couple of small things that you may not, you may not notice, but these, these are intentional things of how we want to do this in Emmaus. When we seen, and, and Jaron does so well in this, and he was leading us in this earlier, we purposely keep the lights up just a little bit, unless you're one of the people that find yourself underneath the light that doesn't work from time to time. That's not on purpose. That's just an accident. Sometimes lights go out. Generally speaking, though, we keep the lights up a little bit. Why? Because we realize when we gather together, uh, we don't want this to be a concert. We are gathered together to sing to the Lord, but also to sing to one another. We are in this together. There is something that the Lord does among his people when we sing together. And we're going to sing together here in just a few minutes a powerful new hymn about what it means to worship the Lord together and to be able to do that. We also, as a church family, have an awkwardly long amount of time between the end of Sunday school and the beginning of worship service. And that's become very intentional. Sunday school ends around 10.15, hopefully, uh, ends around 10.15. Worship service starts at 10.45. It's a pretty long amount of time, but, but that's become on purpose for our church. Because when we gather together, we're not just here to check off a box. We're not here to watch a show. We are here to encourage one another and love one another and pray with one another. And as God does his work among us, we want to pray with one another. We want to praise with one another. We want to encourage one another. And here's the beautiful thing I want to end with. 
when we talk about sharing the gospel with the world around us, there's all kinds of evangelism strategies. There's all kinds of programs where we can try to get the good news of Jesus out to people. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The best evangelism strategy we have to share the good news of Jesus with the people around us is when we truly love one another. When we speak the truth in love, when we reject anger, when we give and share and build up with our words, when we are kind and tender-hearted and forgiving, that, more than anything else, will show the world what it is to experience the good news of Jesus. Let me pray for you right now, and then we're gonna sing a final song together. Father, I know that people have all kinds of ideas about what it means to be a part of a church. God, when we think about church, <laughs> about going to church or, or joining a church or visiting churches, God, whatever it is, there's all kinds of ideas about that. But at the end of the day, we're a family. We're a body. We're connected because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, and we know that the relationships that we have with brothers and sisters in Christ is one of the most beautiful gifts that you give us. God, that we are reconciled with you through Jesus and that we are able to find healing in our relationships with one another because of Jesus. And God, I pray for those here this morning who need fresh starts in relationships with their kids or their friends at school. Maybe, maybe the school year has started off with a friendship that feels so broken that they thought was gonna be in a good place and it's just not in a good place and it needs a fresh start. Maybe someone is doubting their workplace. They're, they're so ready to do something else because of a broken relationship at work. And God, you're calling them to have a fresh start there. God, we know family dynamics are, are so tricky. So often we need fresh starts in those situations. God, give us wisdom. And God, help us as a church. Help us as a church to be a place where we love you and we love one another. And God, even as we sing together here at the end, let this be a declaration of our love for you and our love for one another. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.